0: All right. Um, So there's two passages that we're gonna use today, but they are basically exactly the same, except not quite. And so what you have in front of you is Acts 2, and I'm going to read Joel 2, and you're gonna follow along reading Acts 2, because that'll allow you to see the difference. And there is, of course, a prize for anybody who can hand me the list of all the differences. Because when you do so, then I will know them all as well. So that'd be very handy for me. Joel 2, I'm reading, you're looking at Acts chapter 2. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I'll show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. One difference you can't see based on the screen is that I had to stop right in the middle of the verse there. I had to look up and make sure that that's where it stopped. When they quote the Old Testament, the New Testament doesn't play by Western North American rules, right? So if I quote anybody, I have to actually give credit and say exactly where it came from and cite sources and I probably shouldn't edit it along the way. That's not exactly how it worked um, in that time. So today, it's Pentecost. We're looking at the work of the Holy Spirit. And... um, What I want to focus on is the fact that the Holy Spirit comes upon all people. Oh, I see what happened there. Yep, that's the way it should look. Got it, okay. Making sure you're seeing what I'm seeing. And that's all I want to do with that slide. So, before we look at the Spirit coming upon all people, the the Pentecost action, um, I want to look a bit at where this quote comes from, the stuff from from Joel. because it raises a few questions like what day it is what day is it because it starts with in the last days at least the acts version did you'll see that you probably saw that right joel didn't start that way he said after this the last days is kind of a, a loaded phrase in christianity right so if you google this passage and the connections and so on you'll you'll get a whole lot about end times kind of conversations and i must admit that being raised in a Reformed tradition and, and to think the way I think, I was quite surprised that somebody saw this just because it has the word last days in it as an end times kind of a conversation. And so it's important, and we'll kind of lean into that a bit today to understand that when we talk about last days in the Bible, there's a number of things that could be mentioned. And when we talk about the day of the Lord, which is, a, is the, the other line I have up there, there's a number of things that we can, can be um, connected. So in the book of Joel, as I understand it, there's four times that it actually talks about the day of the Lord. And the first time it talks about the day of the Lord, is probably looking way back to Assyria, assuming it was written after that. The second time it talks about the day of the Lord is talking about Babylon. The first time Israel talks about the day of the Lord is actually when um, God delivered them from Egypt. The day of the Lord is not a particular day that you know the date of. That's how us in our Western minds want it to be. The day of the Lord is whenever God works in a powerful way. And so when it says the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, it's talking about when God moves in power. And so my thought is, and since other people interpret it differently, you can decide for yourself exactly how you do this. My understanding is that when we are talking about the day of the Lord and has some reference to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus, it's both the amazing events of Easter, Ascension, Pentecost. That's a cataclysmic, powerful event where God reshaped the world. And it's also talking about the last days, the very last day, when God brings all of that stuff into fruition. In my mindset, the last days are that whole period from when Christ came into the world all the way until things are finished in the building of God's kingdom here on earth. All right, you again may understand that differently. You'll hear other people understand that differently. I just need you to know how I think that kind of works. So in that time, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And I looked at that, because again, as far as I know, I haven't preached on this section of Pentecost before. I looked at that, and I thought about that, and I thought, wow, that seems really broad, very inclusive. It's all people. Right? And the Bible does this sometimes, right? There's parts where Paul says, all have sinned and all are saved by the grace of God. And you're going, yeah, but we have this sort of church membership dynamic and we sometimes think in terms of us here and those who aren't here. So what does this mean? Does it mean that the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all people everywhere? What's your automatic response to that? My church experience says, no, that can't be. We talk about the spirit coming at Pentecost upon upon God's people. But what what Peter quotes, what Joel said, is I'll pour out my spirit on all people. And so I want to think about that this way. So for example, Colin and Kathleen, when they first went to Cambodia, did they bring Jesus to Cambodia? Was that their job? Did they bring the Holy Spirit to Cambodia? Or is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit actually already everywhere? And is God's action plan through Jesus for all people? And I think when I say it that way, you'll agree with me, yeah, God's ahead of us, right? I was taught this about campus ministry, actually, years ago. Um, Bill Van Gronigan to give credit, said we don't bring Jesus to secular campuses, We find Jesus on the campus, right? And I think this is helpful for the way we are going to celebrate the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our world as well. You don't need to bring Jesus and implant him into the world of the people you meet at work, whether you're engineering in Cambodia or working right here in Grimsby. Jesus is already at work. The Holy Spirit has already been poured out. Now, for a lot of people, The Holy Spirit might be about this big. Thanks for these pictures, by the way. I wasn't going to use them, but there they are, right? For some people, he might even be a little bit bit smaller in their lives, right? When you start to understand what God's doing in your life and you start to open yourself up to it, you may get a bigger flame like this. And hopefully, somewhere along your journey in this world, you are so aware of what God can do In your life through jesus christ that you become on fire for god as we would say in that kind of a direction so here's my question for those of us who live inside the church community are you on pentecost or at other times in your life are you eager for more of that to be poured into you poured out upon you Right, because really the journey of all people in the world is to find out that there's this cleansing fire, there's this cleansing opportunity, so that when my neighbors actually start talking to me about about forgiveness and healing of relationships, I don't have to tell them, well, you don't know anything about that because you don't have the Holy Spirit. I can watch the Spirit already be at work in them and I can help them go, you know, that's actually a biblical idea you got there. Right, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the the song that Ruthann and Sophia sang was brilliant, by the way, for understanding the work of the Spirit, When we understand that the spirit brings fruit like love joy peace patience kindness and i can never do all nine so somebody ring out the rest for me if you can all right yes way to go awesome you'll be on for that every single time i bring that up okay so thank you those things aren't unique to those of us sitting in here today or watching online or regularly participating right Everybody has some love, right? And I, I want to emphasize today the part where we recognize God is at work all over his creation because it's his creation. Jesus died for everyone. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on all people, right? That doesn't mean there's not different levels of understanding. It doesn't mean there's people pushing back. It doesn't mean there's not people doing things wrong. But it opens the door for us to understand that God's gone way ahead of us. This is his salvation project. He poured it out. And our task is really to walk along and pay attention, to be prompted by that same Holy Spirit to who's the person who he's prompting today? Where is his spirit at work today? Where do I step in and participate in what he's already been doing before me? I will pour out my spirit on all people, says the Lord. And then it seems that God wants to communicate with us. It carries on, your sons and daughters will prophesy. They'll speak words of truth. They'll hear from God and speak truth. That's what prophecy is. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And I'd like to emphasize again that a lot of the Bible is dreams and visions, right? For most of us, we ignore our dreams. I highly recommend by the way that you have pen and paper beside your bed and that you catch dreams for a while and pay attention to them. And if they seem really confusing, feel free to talk with me and I'll also say they look pretty confusing. But there are ways and times in which God actually speaks through those visions, speaks through our dreams, speaks through his spirit when we're wide awake, daydreaming, if you will, right? God wants to speak to us. And so when he pours out his spirit, things as simple as your conscience being pricked and you're going, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. That's part of the spirit's work. And again, that has been poured out on all people. Pay attention to that, right? What we have as the people of God is a a place where we warm each other, if you will, where we encourage each other to allow these things to happen and to name them and to step into them um, and to allow God to guide us and communicate with us. And then this word and spirit is the great equalizers, right? The ministry of the word, as we talk about in our tradition, the ministry of preaching, of opening God's word, always is combined with understanding the work of the Holy Spirit when the Spirit inspired those who wrote, that was in preparation for the fact that the Spirit was also going to inspire those of us who read. And so when you read the Word of God, whoever you are, trust that God will also then speak to you. He will nudge you as to which of these words is for you today, which of these you need to pay attention to. What is it that you need to do with this word at this time? Right, and it emphasizes here, which would have been a little strange at that time, even on my servants, both men and women. And sometimes we're still struggling with that reality, right? God's spirit being poured out on all people is a great equalizer because it isn't a question of what exactly qualifies you to do this. The qualifier is always the same thing. God's word, Jesus died for you, and the spirit who unites us and empowers us and gives us gifts to step out into the ministry that he calls us to. Word and spirit and they will prophesy. And prophecy, by the way, is always, no, almost always, about actually looking backwards more than looking ahead, right? If you're listening to someone speak about the Bible and most of what they do is talk about what's gonna happen later, I highly recommend that you be at least inquisitive about where they're going with that. Prophecy, When the prophets spoke, the first things they usually did was say, remember the law and the covenant? Remember the relationship you have with God? Remember what God has done in history? And for us, it's remember what Jesus did on the cross? That's the start of every prophecy. And it's a calling to say, if you remember that, live into it, own it, allow the Spirit again to convict you so that you're ready to go, I want to live by that. I want to connect with that. I want to allow Jesus' forgiveness to be part of what I do in this world. And then from that, the going forward is, as you live into that, and sometimes if you live into that, if you confess what is sinful, if you receive that forgiveness, then the future will be, right? And it gives us a picture, an image of where it will go. And then signs and wonders. I will show sign, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. And Jesus did signs wonders. Jesus was the day of the Lord. Jesus was the cataclysmic event that's described here. And some folks will say, well, there wasn't blood and fire and billows of smoke. Well, yeah, actually, if you tie it all together, Jesus' blood seemed to affect a whole bunch of things. It certainly was a time when there was the sun being turned to darkness. And personally, and this is, again, my understanding of this, we're not meant to check these off. Right? The Bible's not meant as a checklist of things. And when these five things have happened, now God can make his next move. It's not a code book, right? These are images. When I say blood and fire and bells of smoke, you know catastrophe, cataclysm, something big's going on, right? Something blew up, right? Some challenge is going on there. And as we've continued to learn, when God moves and and things get really messy in this world, the thing we need to hang on to is, he's gonna use that precisely for his purposes as he moves forward, right? He used the greatest tragedy of history, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, to make the greatest act of saving and healing and restoration, Jesus' resurrection. That's what we hang on to, that's our hope. So whatever happens, whether it happens literally as it's written here, or whether you see whatever the tragedy or struggle that's going on around you, whatever happens there, know this, God has poured out his spirit on all people. He's gonna find a way empower people to walk through that, to empower you to walk through that and get to the next piece on our journey. And then the now and not yet. Do you remember Pastor Peter teaching about this? He did once. Before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. By the way, did you notice that in Joel it's the great and disastrous or difficult, some D word that's hard, day of the Lord. Peter switches that word And I think it's because in the Pentecost moment, he's realizing what might have been looking tragic before, what might have looked like fire pouring out of heaven in judgment before, now is the fire of the Holy Spirit coming and cleansing and renewing and preparing people for this glorious day of the Lord. But as the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost and as we've sung already today, we continue to wait, right? So really... Pentecost, the day, looked like this, right? It was an outpouring of the Spirit. 3,000 people were added to their number that day. A little ways down the road, they might have been back here or they might have been back here, right? And your life, there might be a time in your life where you're going, wow, God is so powerfully at work. I'm feeling this reality right now. There might also be times when you're like this. So this is, again, the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all people, and all people, whether they regularly attend worship or not, need to be brought up and forward and on so that what the holy spirit does giving you the fruit of the spirit giving you power to do ministry to give you all the things that leah talked about right that is a continual desire that we need to seek with other people right it's already now it's already happened it's a story in the past pentecost it's also something not yet there's also more to it there's also a journey that we continue on let us continue in that hope and in that anticipation And then. Finally, how do we understand these words? And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Because Jesus himself said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's not just saying the right formula, the right words, just because you have said the words of a profession of faith, right? But there's also this sense of what exactly is saved if you've been in church for a long time you know that's code for i'm in right i'm part of god's family part of his kingdom but if you're just reading this straight off the street you know that being saved is being rescued from the water if you're drowning being rescued from tragedy if that's what you're facing right and again if the holy spirit has been poured out on all people All of us continually need to be saved from those things that we might do that will harm us or harm others. There's this ongoing need for us to go, Lord, save me. Not just that one-off way, not just saying, hey, I've I've got the ticket, I know where I'm going in the end, but also that ongoing sense of, God, Lord, I need to call on you, I need to ask you, I need your spirit again today so that I can be saved from whatever negative decision I might make or whatever negative thing might happen to me. I need to call on the Lord regularly and have an ongoing experience of being saved from all the things that could go wrong. It's kind of a both and on that. So, in conclusion, keep going on this journey. Keep seeking the Pentecost filling of the Holy Spirit. Keep seeing yourself being inspired, empowered, to be a loving and forgiving person, to be someone who's filled with the fruit of the Spirit, someone who's also able to recognize this is where it is and this is where it's not in my life yet. Keep allowing Pentecost to happen. It's now, it's happened, and it's not yet. There's a whole lot more on the way. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your gift of the Spirit. Thank you for the story of Pentecost. Thank you for that amazing image of your fullness being poured out unto your disciples that day, and we pray now for ourselves, Lord Jesus, that you would help us seek, that you'd give us a hunger, that you would given us an openness to being filled by you again. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we'd be attentive to your promptings, we'd be open to your leading, that we'd see you at work all around us. Lord Jesus, we pray that when that happens, we'd step in in faith and trust that you've got this, that you're at work, that you love your people and your world, that you lead us into your kingdom we offer ourselves to you in service lord jesus christ amen